0: And what is the one aid station food item your surprise is going like hotcakes, so to speak? Mm, that's a great question.
1: I would say the pickle juice. We got to refill those little cups of pickle juice every, every, probably every wave of people. Everyone seems to like the pickle juice, so that's definitely a surprise to me. Are you
0: ready? Okay. This is Adrian, and I'm a Big Ass Runner from Milford, Michigan. Welcome to the Big Ass Runner Podcast, where we entertain, encourage trail runners from all over the world. Now here's your host, Jeff Harrell. Well, thank you, Adrian and team. That was an awesome introduction, as Adrian said. My name is Jeff Harrell. This is the Big Ass Runner Trail Running Podcast. Episode number 187. We are doing a Bandera recap. We were at Bandera last weekend. Serving at the Chappas Aid Station for the fourth year in a row. Voted the best aid station in a three-mile radius. Quite an accomplishment. We love serving the runners that come through. We've, like I said, done it four years in a row and every year it's a blast. Hard work for sure, but very, very fulfilling And a way to give back to the community and to the sport of trail running. So today we're going to do a few things. One is we're going to do a bit of a recap of the race. We're going to do a recap of our experience. And then perhaps a few other things sprinkled in. You never know. So that is the show for today. But first... Wanted to put something on your radar. We have a big ass announcement coming to you next week. So, this is episode 187. We've got a big ass announcement on episode 188. So, look forward to that. Well, without further ado, let's get going on the Bandera Recap, episode 187 The Big Ass Runner. So let's talk about the Bandera 100K and the Bandera 50K. The 100K is run, is raced, is run on Saturday and the 50K on Sunday, although you can run the 50K on Saturday if you'd like to, which is what the great Hayden Harrell did. We'll hear from him here in a -a 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 little bit in, I think, the next segment. But let's talk about the race. Last year, there was a lot of hoopla. And it's because it was a golden ticket race, has been for a long time. And Aravipa decided they're going to start live streaming all of the golden ticket races. And because it's one of the first races, if not the first race of the year, it typically draws a very strong elite crowd vying for one of the golden tickets. The golden ticket, of course, is your first and second place, both male and female, auto entry into Western states. If you win the golden ticket into Western states, you go. You can certainly decline the golden ticket. Rarely happens. If you already have one, perhaps you might decline it. But that's what drew such a big crowd last year. We had of course, the great Courtney Dewalter. We had Lucy Bartholomew, although she was doing the 50K, Lottie Brinks was there. We just had we had a lot of great elite athletes last year. And unfortunately, and I don't know what the reasons are, the decisions that went into this, but they moved the golden ticket race from Bandera to another race. And I don't even want to look it up because it makes me sad. To another race, I believe on the West Coast. So this year felt a lot different. There was no Jameel Curry flying drones. There were no elite, elite, elite. There are certainly elite athletes there, don't get me wrong. But we're, the household names that we kind of get used to on these big races were not there. But I got to tell you, it was a little bit more chill, a little bit more relaxed, not the kind of excitement and maybe even stress level of last year. And I really enjoyed it. You know, in the aid station, we're just heads down, just serving the runners. So for us, it didn't, we're heads down in Chapa's serving the runners. So we, doesn't really feel a lot different. Although I would say that the crowds around Chapa's were a lot lighter You still had family and friends and boyfriends and girlfriends waiting on their runners and wives and whatever, husbands waiting for their runners. You still had some of that, but you didn't have the bigger crowds we had last year. And that's not good or bad, just different. It's just different. The weather for Saturday, I think, was perfect. Clear, sunny, cool, not cold, but not hot. I don't remember the exact temperature, but I would imagine it was in the upper 40s, low 50s, something like that. So I thought perfect day, perfect weather, we're going to have some some good times. Even though we don't have the elite elite elites there, I feel like we're going to have some good times. And I did not look at who was in the race. In fact, I asked Chris McWaters the day before on Friday before the race started on Saturday morning. Hey, who's here? And he's like, you know what? I didn't even look either. I didn't, I haven't paid that much attention. Now as a race director, you're just inundated with stuff to do and get ready. And I will say, by the way, Chris is the chillest race director. He, he can handle a lot and keeps his cool. And I think you've got to have that to be a great race director, which Chris of course is. So I wasn't even sure who was going to be coming through Chapa's, but we're going to serve everybody regardless. And so the race starts, and usually at Chapa's we're at mile 21, we start to see people about 10.30 or so. Race starts, I believe, for the 100K at 7.30, the 50K at 8. And so 10.30 is usually when they think you'll start to see runners come through. And a lot of times the elite folks whiz right through anyway. Not whiz from a PP standpoint, but from a running through the choppas. And if you're not familiar with choppas, it's a barn. You enter on one side, you exit on the other. You can go right straight across, or you can stop and let us serve you some delicious tailwind or a choppas special. So we're thinking 10:30. We got everything ready, and we start to see some folks starting to show up. And there's a man and, and lady there. We're, we're starting to talk to them. We're like, hey, our our son is running, and he's doing quite well. This is his first 100K. His name is Hans, and we think he's at the front of the pack, and we're super excited. We just They just had come, come from Nachos, the last eight station, and they're like, we expect him anywhere around 10, 15 or so. I'm like, man, if he's at 10, 15, he's hauling. I said, yeah, he's done done a couple of 50Ks, but never 100K. I thought, well, I hope he didn't go up too fast because you're doubling your distance. That can be a problem. All of a sudden, about 10.15, here comes Hans. And he's looking pretty good. And stops for just a second to get some stuff from his parents. And off he went. And we're like, oh, that's cool. let us We're probably going to see the second, third, fourth, fifth place coming up pretty soon. And we waited and we waited and we waited. At the time, I know we we timed how much time in between, but it was fairly significant. It was in the like 20 to 30-minute range before we saw a second-place runner. Without thought, man, Hans is hauling. Hauling Hans. But he's never done 100K, so and he's probably never done something quite like Bandera. Now, Hans is from Noonan, Georgia, which is south of Atlanta. He's 23 years old. And like, okay, I hope he just doesn't go too fast on this first 50. Hope he saves some for the second 50. Well, we get... Runners starting to come through and we're heads down, serving, serving, serving. You get that first big wave and then you get a second big wave. And then towards, you know, I don't know what time, early afternoon, you're you're starting to think, okay, we're going to see the leaders come back through because uh, Bandera is a two loop to 50K per loop. So if you're doing the 100, you do it twice. And then Hans's parents show back up. We're like, Okay. How's he doing? Well, he's struggling a little bit And the last couple of aid stations. Didn't look quite as fresh, and we're thinking, yeah, that that sounds right. This is first hundred k, starting probably hit that wall, hit that like, oh wow, maybe I went out a little bit too fast. Well, then here comes Hans, and he looks better than he did the first time, and he's just hauling, just whizzing by. I think he did stop for a second to get something from his parents again. And off he went. And we thought, okay, I wonder if someone's on his tail because he's moving. And we waited. And we waited. And we didn't see anyone for quite a while. And then Jared Rothloff, he's a 37-year-old runner from San Antonio, the great San Antonio, just a few miles from where we were there in Bandera, comes through. And Hans has got a big lead. Nearly an hour. Unbelievable. Well, not only did Hans not bonk. If he did, he fought through it. Let's just put it that way. Hans Troyer finished the race with a gun time of 7 hours, 45 minutes, and 40 seconds. A new course record he beat Jim Walmsley's course record we don't need no golden ticket race to create an incredible incredible event with some super fast times Hans Troyer at 23 years old probably didn't know what he didn't know it's one of those you know you're young enough that you don't know that you're not supposed to go that fast but he finished 7:45.40, 40 first place one by over an hour, Jared came in at 8:5227. Unbelievable. Then the third place was almost another hour after that. That's Kwo Lai. He's 37 year old from Halotus, Halotatus, Texas. Unbelievable. So congratulations, Hans. Unfortunately, I did not get a chance to interview him for this podcast. Very sad about that. But man, what a performance! Beat Jim Walmsley's record. I think in, in Timmy Time and Steven were actually at the finish when Hans finished at the finish line. They left Choppers to go see if they could watch him cross the finish. I think they didn't even know what had happened. His parents and Hans were like here's first place, and you had set the course record. They're like, all right, but we're like, do you understand that you just beat Jim Walmsley's course record? Unbelievable by a minute. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Unbelievable performance from Hans. Congratulations. Not to be outdone, the women's side. We had a very similar ish experience. So we're waiting for the first female to come through. And here comes Colleen Chase. So we did not know Colleen at the time, but she comes through looking great. She's probably at this point seventh or eighth overall, looking very strong, runs right through, and she had, I'd say, almost an hour lead on the second place female. Well we learn later that this is Colleen's first 100K. She had only done a 50K in the past. And Colleen is 27 years old from Princeton, Massachusetts. And she came through the first time, came through the second time looking just as fresh. And she won by over an hour as well. Let me make sure that's correct. Yes, she finished just less than an hour. She finished at 10-32-22, and second place was Lauren Jones of Atlanta, Georgia, at 11-20-40. So just, just less than an hour difference between the two of them. Unbelievable. Two brand new 100K runners winning first place, one of them setting the course record. Colleen ended up eighth overall, first female. Unbelievable performance and what a great just fun experience to see some new runners do so well at this very challenging race it was awesome well later after colleen finished she showed back up at choppas because she was there to support one of her friends and i got a chance to chat with her so here's my conversation with colleen Well, I'm here with Colleen Chase, who had a pretty good day. Colleen, tell us a little bit about your day today.
2: Yeah, so I took first overall um and I think I was somewhere our first for woman and then I think I was somewhere in the top 10. Um yeah, and it was it was great. I was just talking that it was a pretty big surprise and first 100k race and I mean it was a fantastic experience. It was definitely definitely hard (laughs) what didn't come easy but um super excited
0: so let let me make sure i understood you this is your first 100k and you led start to finish
2: correct yeah
0: did that surprise you or It,
2: it intimidated me for sure i think the whole time i was sort of waiting to see you know i figured i'd gone out too fast and was waiting for people to catch me for me to blow up and but was just able to sort of keep keep chugging along and and got it done
0: so when you're leading, start to finish, what what are the thoughts in your head? Like I need to keep going, or someone's chasing me. Like what what are your thoughts?
2: Exactly. Yeah. Just just knowing that there's wicked strong women behind me, and that they're working just as hard as I am, and it's it's exciting. It's motivating. You know that they're that they're there. So just trying to just trying to keep. Keep moving, knowing that they're always they're
0: always there for sure. Well, and our podcast is about the everyday runner. You know, we're out there trying to do big things. So you can win your first hundred K. It's possible. <laughs>
2: exactly. Yeah, any, anybody can do it.
0: Well, congratulations, Colleen. Thank
2: you so much.
0: Super nice, super sweet, just a great person. I think she's getting her master's or PhD, or she's doing something big. Not only in trail running but in her everyday life as well. So thank you Colleen for joining me on that quick audio and congratulations on your big win. So there you go. It was a great, great hundred K the 50 K went well on Sunday. Sunday was a lot colder though, but most of the runners that came through were like, we love this. This is great. I mean, it was below freezing. We had a lot of snot frozen snot noses coming through We had some warm broth and some chopper specials to serve up to warm up the runners. But it was a a great day, great race, great two days, really. And we just are so thankful to have the opportunity to run one of the major aid stations out there. And we also enjoy the fact that it's covered and we were enclosed and we're able to serve the runners in the way that we were. So there you go. There's the recap of the race. In the next segment, we're going to talk about our experience and talk to one of our runners that ran the race himself. We'll have you signed up for Grasslands. It's coming up in March. It's a great runnable course. Lots of distances to choose from. You can run, if you want to run a half marathon, you can do that. You want to run a full marathon, you can do that. You want to run 50 miles, go for it. 100, go for it. And Sunday, they've even added a 15K. Go to blazetrails.com and we will see you at Grasslands. I wanted to tell you a little bit about our trip. Now, we always look forward to this trip. Bandera is a little town, about an hour and a half Let's see, north, south, east, west, probably southwest of San Antonio. Maybe, Maybe straight west. Maybe it's northwest. I don't know. It's west to some degree. And we've eaten at the same restaurant four years in a row on Friday. So we did that again. Now, the way we get down there is normally all together, but because of travel schedules and work schedules, I went down earlier with my son Landon, and then Timmy Time, Stephen, and our buddy Henry went down together later on Friday, and then my son Hayden and his wife Donna came down. They actually stayed with her parents in San Antonio Thursday night, and then they drove in on Friday, but we all met up. At the Old Forge, the restaurant on the Strip there in Bandera, and enjoyed a great meal. And the last, this is our second year to do this. We, the first two years, just stayed in a Airbnb in town. But Chapas has RV stations right behind it, RV spots with water and electricity. And so a couple of years ago, we said, hey, we should do the RV thing. We did it last year. We forgot to reserve a spot, so we'd have a generator, and it was noisy, and it was fine. It's nice being right there. You don't have to go anywhere. You could just walk about 20 feet and hop in the RV and get you some shut-eye. This year, we actually had a spot. Thank you, Chris, for helping us get that reserved. And through RV Share, I reserve it, and they bring it, set it up. It was there when we got there. And then they come back and pick it up, and off it goes. So it's super easy. But I will say it. I've been telling people this. I, I haven't done a lot of RVing, if that's a word. And the idea of an RV is great. Stay right there, or you know, drive wherever you want to go. You're you're you don't have to worry about hotel or Airbnbs or anything like that. The idea of it's great. The execution's tougher. Especially, we had seven people in this RV. RV said it slept nine. I don't know how that's possible. We barely could sleep seven. We had people on couches. Henry was on like a love seat. And whenever you get up and people are trying to sleep, everything moves. So especially when you're at Clydesdale, you're just shifting stuff all over the place. So Stephen, my son Landon, and I slept in this back bunk room. And they did have a bathroom. The RV did, which is great. And in the middle of the night, I got a Get up to pee because I'm 55. That's what I have to do. And so you get up slowly. You're trying to not make any noise. The whole RV is kind of moving around. And then Timmy time and Henry are sleeping on the couches out kind of this little open kitchen area. And then the bathroom is past them. So I'm going slowly. And all of a sudden, there's a motion sensor light that comes on. Like, ah, waking everybody up. It came on, went to the bathroom, turned off, came back out of the bathroom, it turned back on again. What a beating. It it makes for a funny story, I suppose. But anyway, I think the execution's harder. I think with a couple of people, it'd be great with a big group. It's just tough. It's tough. None of us slept very well, but it was fine. I think it was preferable than driving back and forth from town. It's about 15 minutes so it's not a huge drive, but just being there and not having to worry about driving back and forth. And if there's any you know issues at the aid station, I will also say a huge shout out and kudos to the great Runstoppable Mo. For the second year in a row, she served at the Chapas Aid Station overnight shift. Last year she's had some help. This year she flew solo. She's amazing. So thank you, Mo, for your servant's heart. She loves doing the overnight. God bless you. <laughs> so thank you so much allowing us to get some sleep on Saturday. You get a lot of the 100Kers coming through throughout the night. So it's just great to have someone there to greet them and to give them some warm chapa special. So thank you, Mo. So that was the, the arrangements. That's how we got down there. All of us were there to serve except for Hayden. He was there to serve, but he was also going to run the 100K. And so let's hear from Haydo, see how he did. This was his first official 100K. Now, he'd run 100K in his last man standing about a month ago, but this was his very first 100K. I'm here with the great Hayden Harrell, who just completed his first 50K. Haydo, how you feeling, buddy?
3: Feeling great. First official 50K. Did 50K at backlands. but
0: Good first, point. Good point. First
3: textbook 50K distance that I signed up for. Yeah, And how'd it go? Went great. I felt awesome. The weather was perfect. Conditions were perfect. Um, knee held up. That was a bit of a concern because after backlands, it was hit or miss on kind of my recovery runs and building back up. So it felt awesome the whole time. Um, super hard course, um, really hardcore. So, so that was really challenging, but, um, powered through and, uh, finished a little quicker than I even expected. So, but well,
0: you were thinking seven, what, seven and a half.
3: Yeah. I just wanted to beat eight, I think was my ultimate goal. Um, this was more of a prep race for black Canyon. So I was planning on hiking a lot, taking it a little easier, but I felt pretty good. So, so pushed it a little bit more. Um, it finished in like seven sixteen
0: so it was uh, it was a good time and what was the biggest surprise or thing that maybe was different than what you expected let's see biggest surprise I guess just how much vert
3: there was i'd heard how hard this course was um but I mean it definitely lived up to it um, it was uh it was Woo! a grind at some points
0: well congratulations, buddy. Thank you. Yep. Hayden killed it. Did so well. He's going to be so ready for Black Canyon doing that 100K down there in February. it be so much fun. Got a lot of folks running that as well with us. I will be crewing and serving as well. So it's going to be a lot of fun. So there's Hayden, Hayden's experience. We had a great time serving the runners. We saw a lot of friends come through the aid station and that's always a lot of fun. Our buddy Brandon. We saw Steve Anderson. I'm gonna probably forget with so many folks come through, but that's always fun to see a familiar face. Danny came through as well, and it's just a lot of lot a lot of fun. Uh, so that's great. A couple of interesting things that happened for the first time. We had someone faint in the aid station, and Stephen was right there to help him not. F- fall and hit his head and we had a nurse there that was quick to help and not sure the issue he was fine that we got he got medically cleared to keep going and finished he is had he was on his second loop for the 100k and he finished strong so that was that was different and you know when that kind of thing happens you're man it just gets your adrenaline going and i want to make sure that you're serving your runner and that they're safe and healthy and all that. So the team there at Tejas Trails did a great job of bringing in medical and clearing him, make sure he was fine. You know, sometimes you just get you get a little over overexerted or nutrition and a little out of whack and he said it's happened before. So he wasn't concerned at all. In fact he was wanting to to go and we wouldn't let him go until we got cleared by medical, but that was interesting. And then we had a near explosion. Someone had a, I don't know if it was a heater or a camping oven. I wasn't over there, but Steven came running in and said, Hey, we need the fire extinguisher. This thing's about to blow. Someone had hooked up some propane incorrectly in the parking lot area. There's a little parking area by Chapas. So Steven to the rescue put out the near fire explosion. So those are two things that, Just odd that don't normally happen that happen. But overall, great experience. We're done on Sunday by about 3 o'clock, and then we head back. It was important to head back, though, because the weather was coming in. Monday was nasty, so we did get back Sunday night. And I just want to say a big thanks to the Big Ass Runner crew that was there serving. Timmy Time, Stephen... Henry, I've already mentioned Mo, my son Landon, my son Hayden. He ran the 50K and then came back and served the next day. Served part of that day too, for that matter. His wife, Donna. It's just so much fun to serve alongside people that you enjoy, have a lot of fun. We had, of course, the music going, the lights going, got great feedback from the runners. A lot of feedback about that being their favorite aid station. That always makes us very, very happy. But I wanted you to hear from Landon. Now, Landon's a sophomore in college, and I told him this. I said, buddy, I'm proud of you because he loves going out there and serving. And I just think there's a lot of people that wouldn't want to do that in that stage of life, that we'd rather be hanging out with friends or whatever. But he has got such a servant's heart. Here's a little bit from Landon Harrell. I'm here with the great Landon Harrell, who is serving his little tail off at the Choppas Aid station. Landon, what's, what's going on tonight?
1: There's a whole lot of running, a whole lot of people who look very tired, but we're serving
0: these people the best that we can and making sure they're on their way and ready to go. You're doing quite a good job. It is Saturday night at 7 p.m. We are seeing the 100K people come through for their second lap. Do they look different on the second lap versus the first lap?
1: Absolutely, I would say so. Other than, you know, the guy who won the race looked better during his second lap. But I would say for the most part, they look a lot worse, which is very understandable because it's 30 miles later. But uh, yeah, they definitely look like they're having a rough time out here.
0: And what is the one aid station food item your surprise is going like hotcakes,
1: so to speak? Mm, that's a great question. I would say the pickle juice. We got to refill those little cups of pickle juice every every probably every wave of people. Everyone seems to like the pickle juice, so that's definitely a surprise to me. The pickle juice, a big player. Well, thank you,
0: Lando. Good job. I appreciate it. Well, there you go. Chapa's Aid Station, success, year four in a row. Again, it's always our joy and pleasure to serve the trail running community in that way. And always a big thanks to Chris McWaters, the race director for Bandera and Tejas Trails, for trusting us to do this every year. So thank you to Chris, to PJ, to everybody that's part of the Tejas Trail team. Again, to my team, to all the runners that came through that had such kind words to say. There you go. Recap of the Bandera 2024. Well, believe it or not, that is the end of episode number 187 of The Big Ass Runner. Thanks to everybody involved, to Adrian for that awesome intro, to the Big Ass Runner crew for serving at Chapas, for Colleen for joining us on the show. And congratulations on your big win. And thanks to you for tuning in every week. And of course, as always, a big thanks to our audio engineer, Steve Sarsaparilla Saunders. <laughs> Well, with that, get out there, hit those trails, and keep running your asses off. I feel <coughs> good, Lord. I'm gonna stop smoking for allowing forgiving. <coughs>